0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love my conversations with Dr. David Dozer. He is a longtime regular on the Price of Business show, one of my favorite go-to people to talk to about all things journalism and really about how to be good consumer consumers of the news. That's one of my, my passions. And the reason why it became a passion of mine, and we're going to get – more into this in in, uh, future interviews but it's because of the fact that uh, it just always felt like I was missing something and frankly it was really miserable thinking that my view is the only acceptable or right view and boy you talk about putting a strain on a relationship. That kind of thinking is is terrible on so many different levels and in a future segment we're going to get into that and and really the value of challenging our perspective. David is phenomenal at what he does, and whenever I have him on, i love him to take just a moment to talk about his background that he brings as a former professor of journalism at uh, San Diego State University, uh, plus his great book, and his website to keep up with his writing. David, always welcome back. David Dozer.
1: Thank you for having me, Kevin. Go right ahead. Oh, Sorry. Uh, uh, Well, basically, um, my interest in our topic today is uh, driven by a book that I wrote, uh, California Killing Field, which uh, dealt with the death penalty. But uh, a lot of the hidden agenda there was to look at how public relations and journalism work hand-in-hand to create a a reality uh, for news consumers, uh, listeners and viewers and readers um and uh the consumers of news need to uh develop a set of skills to uh ferret out the stuff that's uh, true and the stuff that's not true for them and that's no small task and that's why it takes a um a, a critical perspective if you will to uh understand what what's being shared with us and one of the things we wanted to talk about today was the notion of objectivity, which is a uh, kind of a God term in journalism, but basically uh, it doesn't exist. There's no such thing as objectivity in the news business, and uh, we're going to try to uh, tell you why we think that's true.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So also mention your website real quick, and we'll jump into that topic.
1: David, mention your website real quick. I I'm sorry. Yes, uh David com. Dozier is spelled D-O-Z I E R, so it's David com. Take a look.
0: Yeah, make sure you do. Okay, let's get into this. So objectivity. Objectivity for those you know, we hear that word a lot and it and it sounds rather simplistic. Surely everyone knows what that means, but just to be clear, uh objectivity means a, a completely Fair an honest view of what's being reported without any bias uh and uh, just sh- saying as it is well and, you know the more i talk about the language of this uh, word objectivity the more ridiculous it sounds to think such exists david <laughs> you know really where does that exist how can that exist and and it cannot the reality is is that um no matter how well-intended, and I think there's a ton of journalists out there, probably the majority think they're objective. I would, I would argue they think they're objective. But uh, I, I know I'm not objective as, as someone who's been a journalist for 20-plus years. I know I'm not objective no matter how hard, or how hard I try. Why? My, my ethnicity, my economic background, my education, my, all of that has led to a particular perspective and a desire to articulate that and look for that, no matter how hard I try. The best I can really hope for is to honestly bring different perspectives to a conversation, which I do on every single program. I've said before, kind of right of center with a libertarian streak. Um, that's kind of how you would, would describe me. Well, that means I'm sure uh, I'm turning a lot into every conversation, no matter how hard I work. And I argue that I don't care how good the journalist is, they're going to do that. And I argue that you need to pay companies that, that cannot exist being overtly biased uh, are still not objective. A great, best example in the United States is the Associated Press, the Associated Press is about as objective as news is going to get. Uh, but the problem is, is that Associated Press, again, uh, looking at, at the war with uh, Russia and Ukraine, you're not going to find a pro-Russia uh, you know, story coming from the uh, from there. And this isn't going to happen to the Associated Press. Now, and the reason why is that really is objective primarily because of the fact that they have a diversity of opinion among their customers, and they've got to maintain content that accommodates MSNBC on the left, and using the word right loosely, uh, Fox News on the right. I, I, I really don't consider it conservative from modern conservative perspectives, but nonetheless, it's different from everyone else. It helps, but I think we would both agree it doesn't mean in true objectivity or true objectivity.
1: Well, here's here's my take on that, Kevin. I think that when we say there's no such thing as objectivity in journalism, we're not saying that there aren't such things as facts, but what we are saying is that the facts you choose to report are from a myriad of other things that we could have chosen to share um, and I think that 's different than saying things that we know aren 't true, and I think that 's one of the fallouts of the the uh, lawsuit uh against fox news by by dominion It came out that uh that Fox News that they were spreading information they knew was false, but they knew that 's what their uh uh viewers wanted to see and hear, and so that 's what they gave them and so I think we have to Be clear that when we say there's no such thing as objectivity, we're not saying uh, that uh, we're getting on board with Kellyanne Conway and saying, well, these are alternative facts. Well, no facts are facts, but but which facts are you sharing? And that, as you so clearly stated, uh, you know, I have a you know a radical liberal bias, if you will. So the facts that I consider important and salient, and the ones that I think uh viewers need to 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 hear and see are, are are perhaps different than what somebody coming at it from your perspective might be. Uh uh but hopefully at our best we're reporting facts and sharing facts and uh uh it's that process of deciding which facts to share. And that's just us as individual reporters. Uh that doesn't have anything to do with the entire economic structure of um, of the for-profit uh, news organizations that uh, I, I have a business model where they're providing uh, viewers and listeners and readers uh, to advertisers. And uh, that, that has an influence.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, and I I could agree with that more. I, again, that goes back to, um, okay, so we're getting into a really nuanced conversation. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think uh, facts are facts. I have no doubt about them. All, you know, this is what happened, dot, 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 dot. Um, or this is the, uh, you know, this is what he, he or she said, and that type of thing. Although, of course, there is associated with context. You and I both know that. But, yes, um, I guess where I'm going, and I don't want to go too far into it for, for obvious reason because I don't want to create a sense of hopelessness <laughs> in the news consumer, but, even in the best efforts towards objectivity, there are forces that undermines that is is all I'm saying but there are facts, and facts are clear and i i uh, don't uh, want to pretend all things are subjective or are uh, all things are are um, uh, nothing to be treated the past way. There's no doubt about it. it's just the treatment of them you know we even again talking about associated press, which the Associated Press is the anchor for all the news I consume pretty much on a daily basis. That's my fact check, checking source. But even as I'm, I'm reading that, I'm seeing, oh, okay, this is not what would be happening in a similar news agency with a similar objective in Europe because Europe is different in the way they interpret this. Their standards of their worldview, that's a good way, their worldview is. is quite a bit different on a lot of different areas, that type of thing. But there's no question about it. And you've done a really great job in this series of pointing out, you pick up the Wall Street Journal, you pick up, the, you know, the Washington Post or the New York Times. you got the Post and the Times kind of in one direction ideologically. you got the Wall Street Journal certainly in a much different position ideologically. And, uh, but they're still using the same facts. And that's huge. And you know, what I have to do is I read something because, you know, I tend to gravitate towards uh, what I would read in the journal. Uh, I have to go ahead and say it's okay for me to read a view that I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. It's good for me so I can understand what the other perspectives are. And sometimes my views get modified, which is really helpful. That means I'm growing. And, uh, you know, and, and it really goes back to another thing that we've had from the very beginning. You know, uh, the biggest one is how to be a good consumer of the news, but I think part of that is uh, being comfortable with nuance and uh, recognizing the different perspectives out there. does not make them bad people, it just makes them people that think differently from me.
1: Yeah, I think as a, a, a retired journalism professor, I want to be really clear that both uh, the journalist and the public relations practitioner, in my experience, are honest people trying to do a professional job, but they're embedded in a system that favors certain uh, types of biases and uh you know, I, I was a cops and courts reporter in a small town, and I had a relationship with the sheriff and the police chief. And, uh, the, your sources influence the things that, uh, you, uh, write about and the content, uh, uh con- content of what you write. And so after a while, you begin to see the world through the eyes of the people, uh, that uh, are providing that information to you. So there's just all kinds of forces uh, at work. And so from the consumer's point of view, a good question to ask is, okay, what are the forces operating on the individuals providing this information? What's, uh, what's the agenda behind, uh, the information that's being shared? And I think that it's not a, uh, uh, a negative thing, but everybody has an agenda. And, uh, and so part of being a competent or, uh, sophisticated news consumers to basically be able to look at uh, what's being written and, or, you know, broadcast and ask yourself, okay, what's the agenda here? What, why is this information being shared uh, and whose interests are being served?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. And so it, it, it goes to back to uh buyer or in this case, consumer beware or at least, be aware, because i will have it. They'll have it. And my concern is that the entire movement today seems to do. when I say movement, a better word is movements, and it exists almost everywhere in the ideological uh, spectrum, is to change the news, change the news, change the news. And it's very romantic because it all implies that there was a time in the history of journalism when uh, media was a better <laughs> You know, that Russian yellow journalism that has been around for a couple hundred years. And uh, there really has never been, uh, you know, such as never really existed. And um, it comes back to this idea that in the end, uh, as a consumer, we have got to be willing to look at views that we're uncomfortable with. We've got to be able to be discerning. Uh, we have to, you know, of, of what is real, what is not real, what is fact what is opinion, and uh, all that requires a lot of work. And we've talked about, you know, some of the tools, and I always like to reiterate them because I think they're so valuable. Original sources. And with all the complaints about how hard it is to get real news or original, original, what they actually said, you know, YouTube has almost what everything, everyone of any importance has said. YouTube has it all. I mean, uh, news sites. But provide video. There they are talking. Um, the original sources are more available now than any time in history. Look at what the original sources say. Get a variety of perspective. Choose content that is kind of forced to be more objective, like the Associated Press. Again, the Associated Press creates content for other news services from the most extreme left to the most extreme right. They don't have luxury of having. Uh, really being uh, opinionated. They don't have that luxury. Now, they still are, just from a cultural perspective, et cetera, but it's so mild, and they they do strive for facts, and it's market-driven. It's not even principle-driven, in my opinion, but that's a great thing. I don't care why they do it. Just give it to us.
1: Well, well, I don't think it can be overemphasized, uh, Kevin, the idea that we can go to original sources of information, and it's easier now than it's ever been with the internet. For instance, all the discussion now about uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, uh, and you have all kinds of different takes to how that affects whether uh, former President Trump should be on the ballot or not. Well, it's, you know, most of us don't have a Constitution hanging around on our bookshelf, but you can click on a link and you could read uh, the entire 14th Amendment to the Constitution as it was originally written. And that's something that would have been very, very hard to do, um, relatively hard to do prior to the Internet. And the better uh, 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 news sources uh, provide, and I'm, again, talking about print media um, or digital media, have links to original sources. And so that you don't even have to Google it. You can just click on the link and go and read it. And i got to tell you, sometimes, I go and read the original document, and I go back to how it was summarized in the news article, and I go, "Well, oh, that's not exactly what I'm getting out of it." So that's part of being sophisticated uh, as a consumer, yeah. uh, because the journalists had good intentions, but they just read it differently, and uh, and that's why uh, it's easier now to be a sophisticated consumer of the news than it was before the internet. You got all the problems, of course, with the internet spreading, you know, misinformation and disinformation, but it also gives us the power to go back to original sources. And I think that's the key to being a sophisticated consumer of the news.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to run out of time soon. Can you give us some
1: uh, some takeaways for us? Well, I would say real quickly that my big takeaway from uh, all of this would be um, think about why information is being shared Uh If it's a news article uh, uh, that uh, is quoting somebody at the Pentagon and a lot of the folks there that do public information are former students and uh, thank you for your service. Um, But they have an agenda. Uh, They want certain stories told about the military. They just assume other stories not be told. And so when you're reading something, um, and I'm just using them as an example because I have such respect for the folks that do that work, um, you know, uh, read it with a, uh, 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 a notion that this is uh, this is information that has an agenda behind it. What's that agenda, and how can I look at other sources of information that might allow me to get a, uh, shall we say, a more complete picture of uh, of what's going on? So that's my big takeaway.
0: Yeah, and, and in that same vein, I, I you know I I love what you noted about PR firms. Right, PR firms are hired by companies, firms, individuals, because they have a history of successfully promoting um, a perspective that that a client is trying to get promoted, you know. And um, what people have got to keep in mind is that when you're looking at anything or hearing anything or watching anything news-related, 90% plus, you know, 90% plus, maybe even more, is paid opinion they offer that perspective because you know they're on someone's payroll they're on the payroll of the media company that has a certain bias um they're they were hired or, or they represent um, a public interest group or a lobbying group or uh, a so-called think tank i say so-called because the vast majority have stopped being think tanks so to bring at the door um they all have They all have paid opinion. That very narrow swath of opinion that they get from the man or woman on the street is really uh, hard to come by, and it's very short, and it seems to be, in my opinion, largely designed to give it a feel of uh, objectivity, you know, to add that sense to it. Um, And so people should look at that. When I sit there and read a story and they quote someone from National Right of Work, well, we know where he's coming from, right? We know who pays his check. Um, nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's bad. But when I look at how he or she talks about something, I need to not be naive and pretend that it's objective. And that's the, that's the, that's the case with virtually everything, everything you see. And so you'll have certain media, will typically, even Fox News has had, uh, you know, token moderates or liberals in order to uh, give it a, a feeling of objectivity, although most of those are all gone, even even the few they had. Um, but virtually everyone on every network has an ideological background. You know, I, I look at uh, the musician, which I'm a fan of. I like News Nation because it tries harder. I wish we'd stop saying unbiased and objective, because it really undermines your credibility, in my opinion. Uh, but. Fox Nation, they, I mean News Nation, they've got a, a, a pretty good crew that does work hard uh, at talking about the news from a more objective perspective, looking at both sides. But when you look at the background of some of these people, they have a hard left background some. They have a hard right background, some of them do. You know, the, And they cannot believe that at the door. They just simply don't. And so I I prefer when they say they bring a diversity of opinion. The fact that they have kind of an even number of both, both, I think they, they in the end, slightly lean to the right, more to the left, when you look at their people. Um, You know, that makes them head head and shoulders above the rest. But it would be so much more helpful if they were honest about the the truth around objectivity, the impossibility of it. Well, I think that... uh,
1: uh, most journalists uh, strive uh, for uh, providing the facts in the in in the best manner that they can. Um, but as you have indicated about your own work, um, uh, we as individuals, as reporters and as editors, have a worldview that uh, you know some facts fit and some facts don't fit that worldview. Uh, but then there's the larger institutional factors. Where did the news come from? Who provided it? and all of those folks uh I like to say agenda you say bias but it's really we're saying the same sort of thing it's an, it's an orientation to the facts if you will that while uh any professional will stay away from uh uh passing along uh you know things that are uh falsehoods you know lies uh, uh, there are lots of things that we take to be true that may in fact not be true um uh, but by virtue of our worldview, we just aren't able to see. We are not. We're simply not able to see our own biases all the time.
0: Yeah. Always enjoy talking to Dr. David Dozer. He's a regular on the program. I enjoy our uh, conversations. A couple of years now of doing this, and they're always interesting and uh, fun to see two guys who are really different ideologically and philosophically, but really agree. On the importance of the First Amendment and on free speech, and really the responsibility of individuals and in the news they consume. I encourage people to reject efforts on both sides uh, of the party, uh, on both political parties, to undermine uh, free speech. Those, that's a very popular topic on Capitol Hill. Um, almost all. Of testimonies that are taking place have that focus on committee hearings and that focus. The only reason why nothing has happened is there's enough members I think who know the Supreme court would look at the first amendment and overturn uh, any resulting legislation that is too far reaching. Second of all, the Republicans want to curtail some free speech Democrats want to curtail other free speech. And so until they can figure out what they want to curtail, uh, they're not going to uh, make any progress, which to me is really good news, and I hope that continues. But we should be really aware and very alarmed and really say, you know, we, we love being uh, rugged individuals in this country, uh, that we love, you know, we love to be, be owners and not victims. We do that kind of rhetoric all the time. Own your news consumption, don't get the government to uh, frame it for you or other entities to frame it for you. Only the media. That is that is what I think our point is here today. David, thanks so much as always.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I am Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business, tuned for more after this.